Welcome back, everyone, to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. My name is San. I'm a marketer and I teach storytelling. And in this podcast, we go, <clears throat> we hear entrepreneur stories and we kind of talk through them to, and I give them feedback on how to improve the story. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring on the first guest. Her name is Rebecca. Hi. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm really grateful to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you for being here. So let's start with uh, kind of an introduction, uh, where you're from, what you do, and then we'll move on to the story. Okay, great. So uh, my name is Rebecca B. Bromberg. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a healing coach and business coach. So we integrate both of those things together. And I was inspired just to reach out to you because I, I realized I have so much to share about my story that I don't always know where to start. So I'll stop there unless you have any more. Okay. Um, let's, can you go ahead and tell us the story? Let's, let's hear it first. <laughs> so the way that I kind of share it, I mean, it, it's yeah. not a re recitation you're looking for. It's just more of a sharing it, right? Is that mm -hmm. true? Yeah. So just like share it as it comes out of you, right? Because that's kind of what you did in the, when you wrote, uh, when you submit it. Yeah. So maybe like either read it or just kind of share it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go back and we'll try to trim it down or see what see what's there. You know? Yeah. Okay. So what yeah. I'm understanding that I want to tell about my story is just kind of how my superpowers were born, right? Of, okay. um, yeah. of the skills that I have. And so I went through a really painful moment about eight years ago of a divorce and nobody would think that that would be a great thing to happen to them but the gifts that it brought me have continued to to come with respect to the way it cracked open my awareness of my own body i realized at the age of 35 that like i was like living from the neck up and i didn't realize how much that that was the case until this happened. And I just felt everything very deeply. There were a lot of big feelings, of course, that you would feel with a divorce. There's grief. He had an affair. So there's betrayal. There was just a lot of different kinds of pain that I felt in my physical body that were emotional. And I, it made me access healing resources. It, um, I studied Chinese medicine. I studied um, Hakomi, which is a somatic Therapy. It's a somatic healing modality. I studied alongside therapists and I'm not a therapist myself, but basically this process that I went through, I learned and saw early on um, that the tools that I was gathering weren't just for me. The more that I followed my curiosity, the more that I asked the questions like, oh, like why and how this is this thing that's happening in my body? Like, why do I feel grief here? And do I feel fear at my throat, right? Like, why are they in different places? Why is it that I can take a yoga class and feel incredibly different and better from start to finish after a big wave of big emotion that, again, you naturally feel in a difficult moment in your life? So I kind of ended up writing like a, a crisis manual for people who are going through a healing crisis. Um, and it's just been a curriculum that I've build, been building for a long time. Um, got it yeah so, okay yeah <clears throat> right there that version of the story you just told is <laughs> already like 100 times better 
okay. than the one you wrote. Okay. But I, I'm willing to bet that the reason why you got to there is because you wrote that out. Sure. Yeah. Do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the because your story has like a clear transformation, mm. clear reason why you're doing this, right? Like you went from here to here and 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 the exact moment what the moment when you realize that you're 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 not living in your body but in your head mm. and how you want to so like all of that is there so i feel like that's a pretty that's a story that's pretty much i think fair okay in my opinion mm-hmm. and i think you should tell it just like that <laughs> now if you want to step it up a little bit mm-hmm. this is what i would ask um so the question that i so <clears throat> What that shows is that sometimes just by make limiting, like let's say, let's say first tell me everything, right? And maybe that'll take 10 minutes. And I say, now do it in one minute, right? And then I say, I can say, now do it in 15 seconds, right? Just by forcing yourself to limit, you can, it'll be, because as you force yourself to limit, it's actually harder and harder and harder. It doesn't get easier, but harder. Right, because you really need to be specific on exactly what am I doing, right? I actually so it actually forces you to think about those things, right? I actually thought of um, my post that I did yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, I told like a little miniature version of this story in two slides yesterday, because I yeah. said I quit my full time job, um, but in order to do that, I had to face like all of my fears that lined around the block. It's like a single file line around the block of all my fears, if you can imagine that. And my belief rewiring technique, like my ability to, to unblock unconscious beliefs was born out of necessity. So it was like an example of like a healing tool I developed. And I think I said it in like 20 words at the most. Yeah. And you quit your job. This was after you went through the divorce yeah or it was before yeah it was it was that it was part of the the phase of gathering all the healing tools uh it was one of the things so one led to one led to that the job felt like the marriage yeah the job felt like the marriage so maybe you you would (laughs) maybe if you were still married you would still be at that job something like that (laughs) yeah and and miserable but anyway (laughs) yeah so just just by kind of forcing yourself to limit, I, I think you can really get to the essence of the story. Mm. And I, if you want to really up-level this story, I would ask three questions. Okay. One is, who is this for? Who, who is the story for, right? Number two is, what is the lesson you're teaching in that story? Mm. And number three is, what myth, what is the belief that, they, that your audience, you know, from number one, who is it for, right? That who, what is the myth that they believe in? What's the thing, the belief that they're stuck on that you need to break? Okay. Do you understand what I mean? Because that's the purpose of a story. The purpose of the story is for you to break this belief that this person has. Okay? I have two that I kind of feel like I could go to. And I'm curious, yeah. can I share both of those beliefs? And and you can do, there's no reason why you should only have one story. I think that's a, a lot of times if we, if we say that we only have to have one hero's journey story, mm. that's going to force us to like make it convoluted. But if we let that go and we say, okay, I can have 20 stories. 
I'm not just one story. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's 20 different stories to find who I am, right? And, and each one of those 20 stories all teaches a different lesson. Yeah. Right? And all those lessons are all important part of who I am. Then you're not going to force yourself to, like, <laughs> tell a convoluted story, which nobody gets. Mm-hmm. And secondly, now you have 20 stories. So you have 20 times the content. Right. <laughs> Okay, I, that's very that's very for me because I feel like I have such such a layered you know I'm I'm in my middle yeah, age at this break point. it apart. Yeah. I have so much to say, so it's it's freeing freeing to know I can put it in multiple stories. I like that. Um, so should I answer? So the, the two myths, yeah. Oh, go ahead, please. No, the two myths that you wanted to break. Yeah. So one is that um, talk therapy is enough. It's not enough. It's, it's incredibly important, but it only gets you 90% of the way. And okay. the body holds the rest of your keys to your healing and well-being. That's myth one. And myth two. But you're not, so you're not doing talk therapy? No, no, I'm not a therapist. I'm a healing coach, okay. so I do everything but that. I provide community and I teach okay. skills. I teach oh, okay, okay, okay. different skills okay, okay. that I picked up through all my okay. studies, six years of study. Yeah, <laughs> good to, really good to clarify that. A lot of therapists never pretending to be. Uh, Um, (laughs) And the other is that we can't heal alone. Like self-healing is a myth. And it's there's a community of like 6 million people that call themselves self-healers. And it's such a fallacy. It causes so much harm. Um, I feel strongly about that one because there's neuroscience that says we can't heal alone. Like I always say wounds made in relationship can't be healed in isolation. So those are the two. And yeah, so maybe it's two different stories. Got it. The talk therapy thing, like what, have you experienced that yourself? Yeah. Because you're saying that most people think that, oh, I can fix all my problems with through therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, were you there at one point that you, you thought that too? Yeah. I, I call it like <laughs> Mount I Feel Better, right? Like... I went to talk therapy for two years and I got so much clarity and some things started to change in my life, but the root and the core of it that lived in my unconscious, I couldn't get to through talk. And so I just slid into stagnation and I wait, probably wasted two years of my life in talk therapy. So I think it's a, that was, uh, after or before your divorce, um, both, but before my divorce, you know, it began before my divorce. And then after your divorce, you try to fix it. I with tried talk, it with more therapy. talk therapy. And then I, I was pointed to Hakomi, my, um, the body somatic uh, mindfulness-based therapy. Mm. And um, I had three different people say, you know, you might like this. You may want to get trained in it. And when three different people mm. who don't know that they told me, tell me, that's, I, I took that as a sign that I should get into. It. And that's somatic healing, body-based healing. Um, and I don't Got do it. that healing work. I just teach people... I transfer those skills so people can do it themselves. Since I'm not a therapist, it's education is where I live. Yeah. Wow. No. So, <laughs> see, most of the times, like you're, you don't. Nobody needs to really craft any stories, right? If you're like really just being completely transparent and honest, yeah. I think the stories just fit perfectly already, like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you're. <laughs> I, I mean, I can clearly see, right? Like, you know, like I if. A piece of your content or story can be like, hey, are you, you know, like you just went through whatever that they went through, whether whatever traumatic event that they went through, right? Like, are you trying to fix that through talk therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
like that's what I was doing after my divorce mm. until this happened. And like, you know, like I, and then you can go into your message. You, you can say like, tell that story, right? Until I, I started doing this, whatever it is, like, you know, like healing, what, whatever the method that we were using, whether it's yoga or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can go into that's because, you know, like most of my life I was living in my head, right. but you know, certain things has to be fixed in the body or whatever. So yeah. I think if, if it just seems like naturally it'll happen. Right. And then let's do the other one. So most people, <laughs> so most people think that maybe not maybe most people, but a lot of people think that they can self heal self heal they can just watch some YouTube videos do some <laughs> whatever and heal mm-hmm. and the truth is you need others yes. and where so like now tell me a story were you there? Yes. <laughs> Did you try to heal or self-heal? Yeah. 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 I was really self-reliant and I got myself pretty mm-hmm. far. Right. But it, I got to this point where I just was isolated and, you know, socially, I just didn't have the richness of connection because part of my wounding was that connection wasn't safe. And mm-hmm. I got this download um, from a coach, a healing coach on this neuroscience of emotional regulation. It's called the polyvagal theory and I won't get technical, but when I got that framework, I understood the importance of co-regulation and I actually created a little group of people who we just checked in on Voxer and just said, how are you feeling? Right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole group of women who it was like six of us who had never learned to, to feel safe being vulnerable and asking for support. Just like I could use a little bit of, of love today. I could use a virtual hug. Like that kind of stuff was so, so small, but so fundamental for people who had all been coping with their painful feelings alone. And what it felt like the experience of it was like a web. Like it was like there was a net underneath all of us that had never been there before. And it was, it was life-changing. And so I created um, a free Facebook group called Co-Regulation Nation. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the name because it rhymes and so cute. And mm-hmm. I have, like, you know, a few hundred people in there. Um, but I also have in my in my paid community, like, the, the community is everything. And um, we can't do this stuff alone. We just can't. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. So, most of your audience have those two two issues. Most of, most of my audience have, they don't know. I mean, before they come to you. Yeah, like, they, they don't know that this is their issue, right? They Most mm-hmm. of my audience, they're- But they have that issue. They're procrastinating. They have imposter syndrome. They're holding themselves mm-hmm. back some way. They're not speaking up and being amazing coaches, teachers, mm-hmm. leaders that they ought to be because they're afraid to. So it's more like they're holding themselves back in some way um, from taking action. They're, they're frozen in some way and so it's like they don't know that this is the but why how does that relate to like living in their mind versus their body so overthinking um living in your head is very much a a one way i mean i would just keep it simplified like that you know what i mean like whatever story you tell just imagine literally imagine that you're telling it to like a 13 year old Mm. because that's you know 
most people's reading level on social media and on the web is of uh, equivalent to a 13 year old mm-hmm. Eighth grade. so you have to write that simple right and what you just said like i think is really hits right okay. that there <laughs> like the core of it is that right people are living their head they need to live in their body mm. and and now it's, you need to tie like all of those things that you're doing is because you need to get out of here and we need to like you think you can do it through self-healing you think you can do it through talk therapy whatever it is get out of there what you need to do it is you need to do it in your body and you need to do it with other people <laughs> that's what you're saying right yes yeah but and then say you know like trust me i was there too mm-hmm. before my divorce I constantly lived in my head because I studied, I'm a scientist, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, even though like I, like I would actually leave the dancing part out of it because I think it muddies the water. Mm -hmm. Like it muddies the story, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to be crystal clear on what the point of the story is. Mm -hmm. So I call this like the, um, like the, the gun in a, like if you show a gun in a movie scene and you, you never, until the end of the movie, that gun is never used. Like you, something feels missing. You're like, well, what was that gun for? What was that? What was the meaning of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you show a gun, you have to use it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it feels like that dancer part of the story. Okay. Do you understand what I mean? I do. I do. Especially so, because it's like I got into my body as a result. I mean, if I want to connect it, I can connect it. Sure. <laughs> but it actually muddies the water because it, it takes away from the story. It's <laughs> you like the accessory I, mean? I need to take off before I go out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because it adds this additional lesson in that, oh, yeah. And it's because that that part of you is still somewhere in the childhood of you. But that, that lesson actually gets in the way of this other, more important lesson. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And but, the, so is the lesson the myth that we're busting or is it an, another lesson? No, 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 no. Now I'm talking about different things. So right. every story, maybe on one occasion you will tell that story mm-hmm. but then if that's the case only tell that part of the story right yep. a lot of times we think that we're this way because we think we're born like that but sometimes it's you know it, there's you are actually a different person when you were a child like a lot of times we think that we live in our head because that's who we are mm. but the truth is like that that dancer in me was always there I just suppressed it because, you know, whatever, like because of school or whatever it is, right? Like, but that's a different lesson. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. So by combining this two lessons, all you're doing is just confusing the audience and it doesn't feel as strong. Mm -hmm. The lesson doesn't feel as powerful because you just muddied muddied the water. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So what I want you to do is tell those stories... (laughs) And pick and choose, like separate into 20 different stories and pick and choose. Okay, I am ta- I'm, a, I'm teaching this class within this audience. These are the story I need to use. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking to my clients who needs to hear this. Now I'm talking to my employees who needs to hear this. Now I'm talking to, you know, depending on, now I'm a TED, at a TED Talk. And depending on who you're talking to, and depending on what the, topic what you're talking about is and what the lesson that you're teaching mm-hmm. have stories ready right like it's multiple stories right right and that's kind of like what tony robbins does he has like five or six stories that he tells over and over and over depending on the situation 
Yeah. Now, the other part I was talking about was like your at main hero's journey story. What's the thing that's going to go on your bio? What's the thing if you if you send a one sheet like on your website? What's the story that's going to go on there? Right. That's what I'm talking about now. So. So now I want to go back. So that's why I said for that core story, mm. the one that you're going to do on your TED Talk, <laughs> the one that's going to go on your website. Mm -hmm. I, I really want you to, I, I think you really hooked me when you said, you know, the, you know, getting out of your, like the overthinking thing, right? Mm -hmm. the, like living in how, when I say, how does that relate to what they do? It's like, it's because they're living in their head mm -hmm. and not in their, they're, they're just overthinking rather than just feeling it and whatever the feeling the failure or feeling the pressure, whatever it is right mm -hmm. they're just mm -hmm. right and that's the core of what you're teaching and then the story is you know like i was always overthinking in my head mm -hmm. because i'm a scientist mm -hmm. and that actually caused me to stay in this marriage for six years not knowing that there was something wrong with that hmm. until it broke wow Okay. Right? Yeah. And then without that happening, you would still be living in your head. Yeah. But then once once so first the breakdown, right? That you you're feeling choked up, you're feeling the betrayal. Like I want you to draw that scene for when you came back home and you asked him for this thing and mm -hmm. you know to to leave the heat on. And he not only not leave the heat on, but he left all the windows open yeah. with, and trashed the place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like the the kind of betrayal of like who, not only the betrayal, but like like who, kind of like maybe feeling like uh, a little bit dumbfounded, like like what who is this person? Yes, very <laughs> like <so>. maybe <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like it's interesting that like and I forgot that I had included that in the story, but like that was a low point. It took me a while to figure out it was worse than the actual affair. Was like the yeah. way that he treated me when he left was like leaving the door windows open on a cold yeah. night and taking my warmest comforter and just it was it was so strange and out of body and betraying. And it took me years to figure yeah, out. Yeah, your brain couldn't process it, like, so it what it literally took years to figure out that that was part yeah i mean what was happening is that because you were living in your brain your brain couldn't process it yeah but your body did yeah yes and that's why your body felt it and that's why i do even the work because i am client number one <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like i'm not and that's why that story is perfect that's why i think you should start there okay and say and that was the moment where you had to learn. That was the beginning of the moment where you had to start learning that I need to get out of my bed. To, first of all, when you live in your head, you don't even know the problem that you're in. Yep. And what, that I needed to get out of my head to fix my problems. I really like and that. that. I when needed you're living to, in your head, yeah. you don't even know the problem that you're in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The truth lives in your body for sure. So, yeah, don't stray away from that <laughs> because that is at the core mm. because that with the vivid image that your audience sees when you talk about the story of you coming back and you seeing all the windows open with like beer bottles everywhere, just the whole place trashed and you're like curled up in your dog's bed <laughs> and sleeping, right? 
I didn't sleep. Just, I'd collapsed. Yeah. 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 Just yeah, showing this, your this part of the story, but yeah. So it was just this moment of I came home to a trashed place and I just laid my dog's bed down and just collapsed on it. And I asked my sister, I was like, is this as bad as it gets? And she's like, Yeah, this is as bad as it gets because of everything you're describing that I I want you to describe what was going through your head also. Like is like Mm-hmm. everything yes you said right it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like <laughs> sadness but also th- maybe a little bit of despair betrayal hate anger like every all the emotions that you're feeling <laughs> in your body like you were talking about getting choked up and all those emotions that you're feeling mm. and how your head can't really process it yet right yeah it took me years to for my to really yeah. understand that part so draw that picture for them. Vividly draw that picture for them. Because I guarantee you, if you do that, that's the that's the real story. And because then, and then if you say I had to get out of my head and body and all of that, you you talk about the rest of the stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that could be short. What what's what ends up happening is what you're doing is first you're trying to relate to the audience, right? So there are audience out there who might be feeling, who might either have just went through a trauma where they're kind of confused, they don't know what, what this is, or maybe they're right before that, right before the bubble pops, where they can sense something is wrong, but it hasn't, the the the, the traumatic event hasn't happened yet, right? The bubble pops, yep. <laughs> yeah, and when you tell that story in detail, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is those people, who are the people you need to reach mm-hmm. are going to resonate. Yeah. And then they're going to hear the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of telling that story. I have a question. So that was a great part of the story. Yeah. The no, it was, it was, it was a good friend of mine who's very gifted at this stuff, like pulled that part out of me. I didn't even re- didn't want to tell it. Like, I just remember like, Oh yeah. I had so much no, no, that... to telling this story. And I was like, now I understand why. Cause it was a- the way you told it is so courageous because yeah. when I was reading it, I was like, Oh, I'll, 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 cause I was actually, actually reading it thinking like, Oh, this person is actually very self-aware and, vulnerable <laughs> it's brave. so i think you, it's brave to tell this like to be share this much for sure yeah. thank you but that's how you know it's good the the fact that it was hard for you to do mm. that's how you know it's good yeah can i ask you a question sure okay yeah. so most of my clients are like they're more in the vein of um struggling with procrastination procrastination delaying their dreams so would it be important in this to connect like I healed my body and I was able to take the brave step and jump off that cliff and start my own business once I did that healing like is that part of the hero's journey if this is a story for my clients just because not all of them have this is what I feel like a lot of those people that are stuck there I feel like they also have one of their own stories Mm -hmm. like you yeah Okay. Right, where they're just like in their head, whatever, and I, I would suspect that they have something like that that's about to pop. Whether oh, I've been ignoring this, I've been ignoring this thing, mm. 
and now my girlfriend's gonna break up with me or i've been ignoring this now i'm gonna get kicked out of my house i'm ignoring this now i'm gonna go out of business i've been you know what i mean yeah so they they do have that one thing that's about to pop (laughs) they just don't know what it is and they but they can feel it they can sense it Mm -hmm. they can they can sense the dragon growing to a point where you when you tell that story Mm -hmm. so you got to tell part of that story yeah before the divorce before the 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 infidelity and all of that happened yeah leading up to that moment how you can sense something was wrong right and how i ignored it yeah, yeah. okay that's and how you cool. try to overthink it <laughs> and ignore your body <laughs> okay thank you that's really helpful that and also i'll i'll say this your story really is not for your audience your your existing students but the ones your your the audience needs to hear this story to become your student. Do you oh, understand okay. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's that's the, powerful. Yep. Because once this is my hero's because you need yeah. to use the story to boom, make them say, I never thought of it that way, or flip that switch somehow and break that myth, break that belief. And then once they sign up, then you go into all the detail that you put in the story at the end, right? Those details should come later because then now they're in the right mental state to sit and listen. So it's not really. But on social media. Yeah, go ahead, please. Sorry. On a TED Talk stage, social media, on videos, on YouTube, on podcasts, they're not at that mental state yet. They're still at the mental state where you need to break the cycle and that you use the story to do that. Right. Okay. And then once they've, they're like, oh, this is what's happening to me. I need to get more into my body. Once they say that, they're like, okay, now how do I do it? Okay, Rebecca. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? <laughs> I do. I'm so glad this is recorded, though, because speaking of body, I feel like I'm going to need to like listen to this a bunch. This is... This yeah, so, sorry I'm going so fast, but... No, no, it's gold. I'm scrolling. It's yeah, It's one of my things. Like, I, I need to pause and... You know, let people, okay, let that sink in, right? <laughs> like, process it. But then I, I just mull right over it. But yeah, definitely go back. And what I would recommend is on, on Friday, which is when this actually airs, mm. when it's live, I go on chat. So come on there because usually when I rewatch it, I recognize like additional tips and or things that I didn't add before Okay. that I have. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for being courageous and sharing your story. And thank you for, yeah. I can't thank you. Being vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like, thank you for bringing your whole self to it and just being so perceptive. And I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Next, we have my. Welcome back. By the way, yeah, if anybody wants to come back on the podcast over and over and over, come back anytime you want. As long as you have a new story to bring, <laughs> just come back. Okay. So do you want to, yeah, let's do a reintro for people who, has, who don't know you and then where you're from, what you do, and then we'll go into the story. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Okay, you can see me, right? I, I don't see myself on the screen, so. Oh, yeah, I see you perfectly. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm excited to come back. And now that you invite us to come back again and again, we'll make sure to have new stories. 
But uh, first off, uh, that was wonderful. I love listening to you and Rebecca sharing. I learned a, quite a bit as well, too. Uh, a bit about myself. I call myself a serial entrepreneur. So I currently run a short-term rental business with my husband. And so I've been doing that for the last uh, couple of years. Prior to that, I run other businesses. I am also a certified life and business coach as well, too. Yeah. And um, I joined Night Out Nation to learn how storytelling can, uh, can support me in, you know, building my brand, but also learning about myself and just growing my, my business and growing myself as well, too. So, yeah. Awesome. So you have a story that you want to share. <laughs> So let's yeah, tell the story. Yeah. For sure. I have so many stories. I'm sure we all do. And just knowing uh, for me, it's just, you know what? Let's just pick a story. Yeah, and I think any story. story yeah. is really <laughs> to, it's about entrepreneurship because I kind of do run across a lot of people that says, how did you even become an entrepreneur? Or those who are said, you know, I also want to run my own business, but I don't know what business to run. I don't even know how to get started. Uh, so I figure, you know, maybe if I can just share, because I feel every entrepreneur has their own unique story. So I'll share a little bit about how I even got into the mindset of wanting to be, I guess, an entrepreneur. Yeah. So the story is basically, I have it written too, so I might take a look at it. Um, growing up as an Asian, you know, I was really taught to be all about academics, you know, get good grades then go get a really good job and then basically build your family and that's it. So I follow those steps, right? I became, I was an A student, honor student, got into University of Toronto. And once I graduated, I got a job at a bank and I studied finance and got a job at a bank. I was really excited because I kind of now envision myself, you know, being uh in the investment bank and then climbing up the ladder being you know manager a vp and you know one day hope maybe a ceo you know why not so as i got into my job though i mean this is a huge bang with thousands of employees and so i'm here in a cubicle and a year into the job one day i remember sitting there every day is the same i'm always staring at this excel and outside of my window, I can actually see everything happening. So often I kind of start daydreaming. And then once you're doing this thing that is so repetitive, you kind of in your mind wish you are able to do something different. And then so I start asking myself questions. You know, I said, like, how long do I see myself being here? Is this the type of work that I want to do? I see my manager. So, you know, so I did talk to my manager uh, a lot and I asked her like how long have you been in this job and what's your goal and so she said I've been here for five to seven years my goal is to move up to the next level which is a VP but that will take time because if you think about it there's about like 50 of us managers and there's like a few VPs so until that VP move up I mean I can't really go there right and so I thought about it I said and she worked longer hours than I do like she would leave my manager would leave after me and she is single at that time she said she doesn't have a time for a relationship or kids uh, neither does my VP and mind you I was still young you know this is I was only like 26 years old so I didn't know anything else all I knew is this is the person I'm aspiring to take on the position off and so is this going to be my life and it got me scared 
I was like, you know what? I don't know. And and what if I wait five to 10 years and I'm in her positions and now I'm comfortable? What if by then I said, you know, maybe I want to do something else. But her actual words to me, I remember one day I said, have you ever thought you wanted to run your own business or do something? She said, actually, my I did. I wanted to make these cute things, but I've been here seven years. I'm too comfortable. I got a good job. I don't know. I, I can't take that. So when she said, I've been here too long, I said, oh my gosh, if there's something in my heart that I want to do, I need to try it now. Because the what's the worst case? If in five years I don't make it, I can go back. <laughs> I still have, you know, my job. And I guess at that moment, that that at that moment, I remember I was just staring and I was just like, you know what? I don't know if this is it. I have no idea what I want to do next. I do know there's a part of me that wants to be an entrepreneur. I just, I don't have the money to start the business. I don't know what I want to do. I just know this is not it. And I don't know if I can last here another couple weeks, another couple months, because I'll be really not kind of like putting my best foot forward. And when I work at something, I want to be able to do my best, like stay in there the longer hours. I have no problem working hard. I just don't understand what's the purpose of that working hard when it's just basically for this bigger company. And so I guess I came to her office. I said, you know what? I don't think this is it. I'm going to I'm going to quit. And she's like, do you have something else lined up? And I said, wait, the same ah. day, same day. Yeah. Basically, the day that I thought about it, I said, can I talk to you? I'm going to give you two weeks notice, but I think this is it. What, what, what was her reaction? Her reaction was surprised. She's like, really? Like, she's like, do you have something else lined up? She's very supportive, right? Yeah. And I said, no, not really, but I want to explore. I don't think this is it. And then she actually told me, she said, my, I give you props. You're brave for doing this and basically supporting me. She said, hmm. you go ahead. And if you find out it's not for you, just give me a call and hmm. come back. Like, we'll, we'll be welcome. Uh, you know, hmm. we'll have a place for you here. That's what I thought. But now I guess um, over 15, 17 years later, I never had hmm. to call back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of like. What happened, mind you, I wanted to add on, when I came back home, I was scared too, because I was living with my mom. My mom, a single mom working with me. We just, we bought a house a couple of years ago and we are in it together. And I was like, what do I tell my mom? Like, you know, do I just say, I just quit the job that I'm making money to help with the mortgage. I don't have any backup plan. I was scared, like she might be disappointed. Yeah. I say, what's wrong with you like are you just lazy like you don't want to wake up and go to work like what is the issue so i hesitate to tell her but i mean one to two days of seeing me just home like you know first i said oh, i'm just not feeling well i'm sick and then finally i said mom i i think i quit my job <laughs> i'm not going back to the bank anymore but i'm gonna find something and surprisingly, she looked at, she kind of comforted me. She said, you know what? You're, you're big now. Like, I think you know what you want, but whatever it is that you do, uh, be willing to work hard, but be happy. I just want you to be happy. And so I said, okay. And then that was basically the next step of me starting to, I think a few weeks later, I start panicking. <laughs> I said, okay, now I need to make an income. Uh, but, but here's an opportunity because now I don't have to do that job. I know what that job looks like. 
But if I want to run my own business, maybe I work in a boutique uh, company, maybe I think about as an entrepreneur, what skills do I need? Like every entrepreneur needs to be able to learn how to sell themselves, sell their business, sell their products. So the first thing came to mind is, you know what? I never uh, learned anything about sales. I never had like a sales job or anything. And I never done anything 100% commission. And as an entrepreneur, you're basically, if you get the job done, you make money. But if you don't, you're not making money. Maybe I should go for something like that. And so I found this ad in the newspaper that they were hiring for a marketing sales position, 100% commission. And I have no idea what I was gonna, what that entailed. So I showed up for the interview and it was a door-to-door job. <laughs> and I was like, it was a cold winter day too. And I, but there was a opportunity for me to learn about sales, to grow. And I was after like the opportunity to open my own sales uh, office, being an entrepreneur. So I said, here's an opportunity for me to be an entrepreneur, right? Uh, that's like, um, so for me, I didn't have the money to invest in a business I want, but I said, let me try this out. So that's kind of how I got into it. And, and how uh, long you were there? Uh, in that job, in the new the one, I was there yeah. for three years. Yeah. And did you like that? Did you like working there? I would have to say I did. I do not like the door-to-door part, right? But it taught me so much that looking back, I would have to say I did like the aspect. You, I mean, you, you you lasted there longer than the bank. I know. Well, because I only did door-to-door mainly for about a year and a half. And then I was uh, I did so well for the big clients that I was training mm-hmm. other people. So I was starting yeah. to train people that were coming into yeah. how to direct sales and how to... And you enjoy I, that? So I really enjoy that. I was taught on, like, I got to fly to Bahamas, do retreat, because I was one of the top sales trainers. And then I became an assistant manager, which is basically your one more level. You go and open So how did you feel about that? I like that. So that's the aspect that... Knowing that, like, if you, if you were at the bank, you would probably still be in the same position. Uh, I... I what, sorry, do you mean like compared to if I was in the bank for another two years versus here doing this yeah. business? Yeah. No. Like I, if I were you, I would be like, holy shit, this is what I could have been doing. And I've been fucking like riding away in that bank. That's how I would feel. Because exactly. <laughs> I see some of these managers. Uh, and you know. It, almost, it would almost feel like I got lied to. Like, it, <laughs> you know, that John Mayer song, like no such thing. Like, yeah. welcome to the real world. Like she said to me, condescendingly. Like, yeah. yeah it, it... Actually, you know what I thought was, why did I even pay for four years of university? I should have just start this door to door when I was eighteen years old, and then I skipped mm. university. And then I, but mind you, university taught me on a lot of things about learning, and there's there's other aspect. Not. Mm. I felt by school is not just about the thing you learn, but all the other aspect. But I, I know that's how I felt like too. I said, you know, I was lied to exactly. This yeah. is not, it's not just this <clears> one <throat> act. There's so many. Let me ask you facts. this. So when you first started that bank job, you were excited. Yeah. And how long did that last? How, how long did that excitement last? Which, probably a few months. Okay. So what were you excited about? Every day you dressed for work. Carry a briefcase, 
take take the subway to work and you you know get your Starbucks and you know yeah. feeling all important in the high rise. So, what was the excitement, exciting part every day? You know, I think the excitement part initially for me is just you know um, that I untitled it looks good. You know, I'm an investment analyst. And I have this big bang name behind me, and I can go out and have drinks and tell my friends, "Oh, who, what, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And so, like, I'm titled, it looks good. And then for me, I'm like, you know, maybe when I'm in there, I build these relationship. One day, I be the VP. And and so for me, I think it was just for me personally that excitement of what's possible. And that ladder that I can climb up—that's the oh. only thing that really kept me. Otherwise, oh. I'm not excited at all. At the day I'm staring at Excel every day, printing out paper, and literally doing the same thing over mm. and over again, scanning, sending paper—it's just like it's very, you know. Boring. Yeah, if you uh, I mean that's like a perfect example of how like people say, focus on the process, not the goal, right? Like you are hundred percent only focus on the goal. And not on the process at all, no. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you didn't, you couldn't care less what you were doing day to day at work. The only thing you care about is climbing up that ladder to become VP. Yeah, yeah. So that means you're gonna be miserable until the day you become the VP. You're gonna be happy for one hour, and then you're gonna be miserable until you become CEO. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you're gonna be miserable again after that. <laughs> but anyway. So you that story that you just told, right? That's like it's that's an example of I think, you know, you tell a so, story in a small group and then through questions and because like when you're telling it, like for me, as I'm hearing the story, like there's so many parts I want to dig in and ask because I just feel like there's so many different lessons in there. So now I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Sure. So the three questions, right? Who's this? Who's the story for? What lesson does it teach? Mm. And what is the myth or the belief that you're trying to break? Those are good questions. So just thinking back of my story, I feel my story would be for other people who, especially the younger generations or people who may want to be an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur or have this feeling that they want to run their own business, right? Uh, but they're not sure how or what to do, or they feel like there has to be a perfect moment or things have to all lined up before they can become an entrepreneur. And so for me, that particular story, for me, the lesson is that you might not always know what's going to happen next. You, you're not going to know everything, but you do know in your gut if you are feeling good in the moment or not. Right. So you can tell yourself that whatever I'm doing right now, it doesn't feel good. Then that's a sign. But if you can endure it, I mean, looking back, I mean, I learned and I said, maybe if I learned to endure it, I can do a side hustle. Why keep my job? I didn't have to just quit, you know, but there are times when you do have to just quit because it's, uh, you your answer is too long. My, oh. can you give it to me in one <laughs> sentence, please? Okay, Something shorter. <laughs> I mean, the, this is the problem that I'm trying to solve with everyone, right? Oh, you can do the okay, like <laughs> okay. So the lesson is that you don't need to have, you don't need to know what's happened next 
to just kind of stop what you're doing if it doesn't feel right and just jump into the unknown. Okay, can you say that in a shorter sentence? (laughs) (laughs) You don't always need to know what's next to know what you're doing now is not it. Got it. Okay. Okay. No, no. I'm glad you did that. Because now the story is crystal clear to me now. And I now I, I know exactly what all the parts we need to remove. Gotcha. Okay. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad you did that. Because honestly, because that's that is the core of the story that you're trying to tell, right? It's not about uh, uh, in the Asian family, we're taught to be like, none of that shit is necessary. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, none of the, oh, like, none of the, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, this oh. doesn't feel right in my, even that's unnecessary. The only thing that's necessary in this story is this one thing, right? Which is, to me, it's this there's a difference between doing something. Not knowing, like doing something, thinking that this is what you want to do versus doing something, knowing that this is not what you want to do, but doing it anyway. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And that differentiator is really what you're trying to say. And that's exactly the reason why you you were able to last three and a half years in the sales job. You weren't in your business. You weren't an entrepreneur yet. It was still a job. You literally quit a job to go get another job. Yeah. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? But the only difference was that now you knew that that's not what you wanted to do. Yeah. You, you understand what I mean? That was the difference. So that that's what that's the lesson that you're trying to teach. Like I'm, you know, just because, like, if you're in a job, right? And you know for a fact that you don't want to do that, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to quit and get another job. But at least now you know what you need to do now. Rather than just... Do you understand? There's a difference between you just sticking it out in that... Because this is the difference, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> now it's all coming to me. You know that the, the frog story, right? Which, by the way, is not a, is a myth. But like if you if you... Put a frog in cold water and you boil the water, and the the temperature slowly rises up. At some point, the the frog doesn't recognize the difference. But at some point, it's too hot that they can't even move their muscles, so they'll just die. Mm-hmm. Whereas, in, if you throw a frog in the boiling water, it'll just pop out, and you can't boil it, right? And that is the difference between you and your boss. Right, your boss is the frog that's been there for seven years, just not even knowing that she's getting boiled. <laughs> Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you're yeah. the one who just boop, popped out right away. Like you recognize it early on somehow, but most people don't. That's why they need something like a COVID to come around and boom, like you know, shake them up or something like that, right? Or or you need like a life event to come around and shake you, right? Yeah. But you recognize it early on, right? Yeah. But that's the lesson I think. That's the real lesson, right? Like, instead of just being unhappy and saying, oh, I'm unhappy, but I don't, there's nothing I can do. But because you were in that place, you didn't have money, you couldn't start a business. 
But there's a difference between that and being unhappy. And I know I'm, I'm unhappy there. So what's the... You can still be in control. <laughs> get another job that's going to get you towards your future, whatever it is, like what you did, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can work a nine-to-five job, but it could be different if it's you're doing it just wander like aimlessly yeah. versus you know it's, a, it's something that's going to get towards you. Like, I don't know how to exactly word that, but something like that, right? Yeah. Something like... Just because you're you don't know what you want to do next, doesn't mean you have to stick with what you're unhappy with. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, and you have to try to know if you're closer. It's like a process of elimination, right? So you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. You want this. Yeah. Now let's try something a little closer. Yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, exactly. Warmer, warmer, warmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that story. You know what? I'm glad you told the whole story. So that we got there. So we understand the context and we got there. But yeah, see, this this is a perfect example of a story that everyone everyone tells the first version of the story. Oh, I was like, oh, one day at work, I was sitting there staring at my Excel spreadsheet, and is this it? Is there more? Is there more to life than this? So I walked into my bosses and quit, and I became an entrepreneur. That's <laughs> the story that everyone tells. So boring, right? Yeah. But then here now we've dug into a specific part of the story that most people don't tell, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're more, it's more specific. It's more, it, it targets a more specific psychological problem, right? Like of the boiling frog thing, right? Yeah. And that's what makes the story interesting. <laughs> awesome. I will use your analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. The boiling Thank frog. you, Mai. And next time... Bring more stories. <laughs> For sure. Lots of other stories. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sun, for doing this and for uh, for everything that you do. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, that was two amazing stories. Awesome. Thank you both, Rebecca and Mai. Uh, and yeah, again, if you guys have stories, just keep bringing it. Keep bringing your stories and let's work through them. Um, thank you everyone we'll see you next week and cheers bye